Hello, everyone. This is Lisa Freitas. And I'm Katie Saad, and welcome to another episode of 90 Day Disasters, a 90 Day Fiance Recap Podcast. We are two moms, lawyers, and reality TV junkies here to break down for you the fire in a trash can that is TLC's 90 Day Fiance. All right, everyone, grab your K-1 visas and let's get started. Oh, and because we are lawyers, we need to cover our butts. So please listen to the disclaimer at the end of the episode. All right, so we're season six, episode 10, backed into a corner. And this originally aired December 16th, 2018. And so we're a little behind. We're catching up. Yeah, what is it, January, like? Third, third or something no you know but, we have holidays too and both of us have small children who were not in child care for the last two weeks so yeah. please cut us some slack but we'll get there guys we're gonna we're, we're gonna motor through these so backed into a corner we start with jay and ashley and if you remember at the end of the last episode someone's banging on their door on jay and ashley's door and it turns out it's natalie and yeah. she is banging on that door like a crazy person. And yelling. And I really thought that this was very weird and theatrical and fake. Like, I, well, I, I, I didn't so, think it was... It was so over the top. Yeah. And it's like, Ash has been ignoring her, and Natalie just can't let it go. I think the whole thing with them is fake at this point. Uh, because yeah. I felt that in this confrontation, which was so ridiculous and just not how things are done, right. um, I felt that they could sort of barely keep from smiling yeah. at each other. And it also, if it was not a real fight, or I'm sure it has a basis in reality, but not like reaching the point that they're claiming on the show, I think it would explain the fact that Ashley kicks her out of the wedding because she was going to cancel the wedding anyway. Right. So then it's not actually that big so of a deal. So it's like an anti anticlimactic thing exactly right like it's a symbol like, okay so i'm just saying that's my like cynical point of view yeah no i i can see that for sure and i kind of just feel like <laughs> mind your business nat like go on with your bad self do your own thing um and this whole runaway bride storyline it's like i'm sorry ashley but you are not julia roberts no. like <laughs> you can and I, he is not richard Gere. you know what <laughs> i could be i could be a runaway bride too if i picked these like horrible guys that's the thing i mean he's not a winner so what's funny though is that natalie's not leaving and then when she does she gets on her little scooter on her vespa oh my god it was so funny i just it was like this huge like you expect her to like get into a car and like slam the door and like peel off and she's just like (laughs) it reminded me of like a clown car or something Although, just a shout out to Vespa, I think you should give her a sponsorship of some sort. I mean, it was, I could not, I just was It was like, the funniest thing. No, she's not. I, she's not going to get on the scooter right now. She is. After she put, stood put, put. awkwardly out in the like she wouldn't leave ever. And again, this is my point. This yeah. is not something that would happen. It just isn't. People have more dignity than that. I mean, at least these particular people seem to have a little bit more dignity than that. Well, yeah. Like, and why are you so invested in this woman's relationship? Yeah, I mean, she's not. It, I think she it, just it, doesn't like Jay, and, and they're both enjoying the drama, time. and she wants screen time. They're enjoying yeah. being on TV. I think Ashley put a lot, and, and it's surprising because I don't, and I don't want to be mean, but she doesn't strike me as like the sharpest tool in the shed. I think that she is surprisingly calculated in the way she's approaching this show. I think the yeah. runaway bride storyline that she's the only one dropping that. Like right. nobody nobody's thinking of that themselves. Right. Like right. she is consistently peppering 
you know, her dialogue or her monologue with this runaway bride thing. So that's like a storyline. And then this thing with Natalie is a storyline. Mm-hmm. And then the fact that she claimed she would have been fine with him cheating in Jamaica, I bet you that's not true. And that that was just part of her storyline. Right. Because she knew what she needed to do to be interesting enough to be on the show. I have to say that, and it's honestly a compliment to Ashley. Yeah, because no, like she said, I don't I think she was really sort of yeah, on it enough. The sharpest tool in the shed. No, I get it. All right, so finally she scoots off, and we head to Vegas with Colt and Larissa. And now they had just had this big blow up, and Debbie had had enough. Yeah, and, and all who all who go the against the queen must die. Yes, yeah, the crazy line of the show. Um, and and Colt, she and Colt are like still having it out, kind or no? I guess this is no. The, he's like now looking for one way tickets, tickets to, to Brazil, Brazil, which I don't like. That I find that very coercive. So think about a scenario where you, I'm not going to use you, I'm going to use myself, where I am fighting with my husband. I'm like having an argument with him. And especially in this case where really the cousin was in the wrong, right? And Larissa was more of a victim. But regardless, let's assume that my my husband and I are having some crazy blowout fight. If he had the power legally in our relationship to say something like, I'm sending you back to Brazil. Right. Or I'm taking the children. Mm-hmm. Or I'm kicking you out of our house. Like any of these things that he doesn't have the legal right to do and would never do. It is so deeply coercive because how then does that affect the rest of the communication? Well, I am yes. then I am then, as the title of the show suggests, backed into a corner. I'm screwed. And that's what happened here. She rolls over because he's threatening to banish her. But you see this all you see this with Leda the queen. and Eric. He's gonna banish the queen. Right, but you see this with Leda and Eric too. It's all a bunch of emotional It's emotional. Mail. No, I disagree because with Leda, I agree. I agree, but also disagree. Because with Leda, she would be leaving herself. This is somebody trying to kick somebody else out of the country that they've moved to. But it's still coercive. It's still coercive. It's still coercive. It's just not a perfect apples-to-apples comparison. No, it's not apples-to-apples, but it's also that whole idea that she has the power to just go back and live with her rich family. And that is the vibe you get from Leda. Leda's saying, I'm going to go back and live in the hovel in the village. Right. You know, she's actually saying, I'm She's gonna, got somewhere to go. She's got somewhere to go. And yeah. she's like, and it's better than this. So anything's better than Baraboo. She keeps using it. <laughs> to her, to her, to her. No, Baraboo. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't hate me, Baraboo. <laughs> oh I've been God. watching Making a Murderer part two. So now I'm like scared of everyone in Wisconsin. <laughs> oh wait, is that with, um, Stephen Avery? Avery? Oh, the that... part two is amazing. Oh, I haven't seen Especially part two from yet. a legal perspective. Oh my god! Because he gets obsessed. this amazing post-conviction lawyer, and she really walks you through is step by Netflix? step. It's on Netflix. Yeah, I need yeah. to see season two. I did you not know part it. two was on because yeah. I am so a little known fact. I'm obsessed with the ID channel. Oh, who's not? Are you kidding? I love like true crime. Me too. Have you seen Snapped? It's not uh, on ID, but it's oh my, my jam. Yeah, we should have like a Snapped marathon. Oh my god, my husband always is nervous when I watch it. I'm like, That's oh, how yeah, I used women to spend my crazy. hangovers before I, I had love children. It. Are you kidding? I, when I put the kids to bed at night, I have ID um, the app, and I'll start looking. Oh. Yeah, ID Channel app, and all the new premieres came out, so I'm like, Ooh. I love ID. Oh, and speaking of true crime, guys. Lisa came up with an idea, and I have not actually really responded to you. Lisa and oh. I like to share our personal private conversations with the world, yes, um, as well as our comments on 90 Day. Lisa wrote me a text. We were both crazy busy over Christmas. That was not like some excuse for not recording. We were both so busy we didn't even talk to each other. And she texted me one day out of the blue. I think it was like Christmas or like the day yeah. after Christmas or something. And you were like, okay, we should start covering love after lockup. And I was like, 
okay, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. And finally, I had maybe three total hours to watch TV over the last two weeks, most of which I spent on 90 Day Fiance. And I watched like 15 minutes of Love After Lockup, and I was like, yes. <laughs> Where have you been all, all my, my life? And you know what? The I best. have to do, if you're listening, Jill Nail, because Jill is a great friend, and she's the one who, who she just sent me a text, and she was like, Love oh. After Lockup, Merry Christmas. <laughs> And I was like, okay. What a gift. The gift that keeps on giving. She is amazing. I love her. You're going to have to be a guest on our show one day, Jill. Um, she's my Watch What Crappens buddy. We went mm-hmm. to go see them. But anyway, I did watch. And I watched part of season one. And then I skipped and started watching the current season two. Oh, my God. It's like... I, it's like I can't get I, enough. Like I'm addicted. What I love about it is that like 90 Day Fiance... You have the the premise is this outlandish situation that actually happens a oh, yeah. and b happens to normal people, but also c happens to not normal people. Well, I just, and so you have this beautiful melange, you right. know. And sometimes the prisoner is crazy, but the person on the outside isn't, or vice versa. Well, but the thing that gets me though is it's like like ninety day fiance. It's a it's a recipe for disaster. <clears throat> Completely because you have to think like the people on the outside have been going on with their lives. Yes, and people on the inside are like frozen in time. They're frozen in time, and they're just anxious to get out and right. start their lives. Right. While the people that are out are like, okay, I'm ready for the next step. Yes. And the prisoners are just like, I'm just ready to be free. I want to go. I want the, a car. I want a car. I want to go wherever I want to go. Anywhere, watch TV. Right, and the other people are like, I'm waiting for my ring because I've been doing all that stuff. Yes. And now it's time for it's me to... It's such get... a mismatch. It is such Even a mismatch. Even more than in 90 Day Fiance where it's like, okay, yeah, you had different cultures, but here you literally had different cultures and the prison culture, I would venture to say, is different than oh, free culture. Oh, sure. And then you have this incredibly weird difference in lifestyle oh, where, for sure. you know, I loved it in the first season. The I don't know if you saw this couple, the Mormon woman who from Utah who oh, was marrying yeah, yeah, yeah. that like 18 year he's like a Chris yeah, or something in California in California and she had three kids and she had three kids and when they when she picked him up from prison and she brought him to the hotel I was completely blown away I was actually folding laundry and I stopped folding to like watch this intently because the guy was like feeling all over the sides of the flat screen TV. Oh yeah, he never was, seen the flat n- screen. He had no clue what, you know, what this thing was or how it worked, and I was it really struck me in that moment how like golden this is for reality TV well, as know, a premise because it's like they've been on another planet. I mean, screw Columbia. I have living to in say, prison. Just a little I'm sorry, we're totally taking over the 90 day Oh, I'm not podcast. sorry. <laughs> but I got to tell you this little really quick so I have a family member, not an immediate family member, but a family member who is in San Quentin. Mm-hmm. And he had been in prison since he was 21, and then he got out when he was 35. Oof. And when he got out, he, like, freaked out. A lot of people Because do. his grandmother, who had raised him, was gone. Yeah. His mother was gone. His father was gone. Life his has gone on without him. His brother didn't live in town anymore. Um, and he wasn't getting along with him very well. And so he came out and he just went crazy. He started getting into drugs Mm -hmm. and, and like my mom is amazing and she tries to help as much as she can, but she's not going to just give money to her family. So she said, where are you? I'll bring you groceries. Yeah. Do you need clothes? She will help him him get him on his feet. Right. But she's not going to give him money. And he ended up 
carjacking somebody. Whoa. And having all these drugs That's a violent on him. Crime. So now he's back in, in San Quentin. He's back there for life now. Wow. And and he had to have back surgery in prison, so now he's in a wheelchair. And he's only he is four years older than I am. So he's like forty nine oh. or forty eight. So he's what young. a tragedy. And I've seen pictures. He was a good looking guy. Really? And now I've seen pictures of him. You mean he, like Debbie? Debbie from Cole's oh. mom. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was cute. And the, my, my mom does communicate with him. She sends letters all the time. Yeah, that's nice. She writes to him. And she'll send him, like, if he needs new shoes, you can send people things you can in send. prison. So yeah. she'll send new shoes or whatever. Um, but so she got a picture of him, and he looks. Like, he's older than my mom. Like, yeah. he looks so old. It ages you. It does age you, but it is a completely different system in there. Like, exactly. it's totally different. Yes. It's not like... Being, they're being not, in another country. He's not living in a, Trump's America. No, no, He's no, living no. in St. Quentin's America. Right. <laughs> like, it's totally different. The The system is different. The rules, the... I think that's where whole, the real punishment lies. It's not in, like, being behind bars or no, having to, like, acclimating work to this job. new system. Yes. Exactly. And it's really hard and it's Having hard to no come control. out and acclimate. Like he's never like seen an iPhone. Not to make light of it, but I always joke my my mother-in-law is currently trying to get me to put my 2-year-old in a bed instead of a this, uh, trust me this is relevant instead of a I mean he's in a crib. Right. He like really likes his crib and I got him a bed a long time ago and I set it up a long time ago and it's right next to his crib where he can see it. You know, through through the bars, right, yeah. of his crib, and I keep trying to get him interested, and he's just not down. And I told her the other day, I was like, "Listen, I totally hear you, but it's kind of like guys who get out of prison, like they they grow to love their cage, right? You know, they don't want to be out there. They feel uncomfortable. It's they not feel insecure safe out there. And that's my son. Yeah, but you know what though? On a side note, keep him in the crib as long as you well, can. Well, and that's also what I told her. Oh my gosh, I was like, why would I want him like wandering about no, the newsroom? No, you don't. You know what? If I could have kept. I kept Olivia in a in a. She was in forever, right? Crib until she was like three and a half, and yeah. then we just took down one of the sides. Yeah, and she never and she tried stayed. to get out. Yeah, that's Mo. so that, that was Mo. totally it. But the little one, oh god, she's been in a bed since she was like eighteen months. Well, that's the thing. I think that they're relatively self directed, and I'm okay with that as long as it's not something that's important. And this is just not no, something. No, he's important. not going to be in his crib when he's sixteen. Exactly. I'm like, so, he's not going to go to college in a pack and play. No, he's fine. All right, so let's get back to 90 Day. But yes, I do think we need to really We need to start, start covering. covering. I think we'll um, start with like a mini episode or we'll tack something on to the end. We'll be like, hey, if you're not interested, stop listening here. We've finished covering 90 Day and yeah. now we're going to start. Because you know what I mean? And see how people gem. feel. It is reality gold. Agreed. Okay, so Colt and Larissa. So he's looking for this one-way ticket to Brazil. Ick. And of course... Larissa comes downstairs and she's going to apologize because she doesn't she's want to go like back. She's like sickly sweet. It's, yeah. it's almost like Stockholm Syndrome. Like I read that with the, the waste, and, I, and I'm an expert here, but I read that the way Stockholm Syndrome works is that the kidnapper, and by the way, Stockholm Syndrome is where like kidnapped people become like very attached in like a very real way to their kidnappers and they think that the kidnapper is like their friend or their savior or whatever. And my understanding is the way that that happens, that that weird bond gets formed, is that the kidnapper is like super mean or super harsh or violent or whatever and then suddenly switches to being like really nice and protective and loving and I kind of get that from Larissa where she's like super crazy and mean and yeah. you know and then all of a sudden I mean she is like sickly sweet in this scene yeah. but what's funny is Colt says 
I feel like Larissa and I are two different people. We're polar opposites. I think Larissa what? is two different people. <laughs> I mean, right? <laughs> but yes, Cole, if you ask, that's definitely true. And then Larissa tells him that she put the ring back on. The ringy? The ringy back on, but Colt is focused on the ticket. Yeah, and that was a sad scene. I didn't like that. I didn't and then like she's his, like, Larissa's, Larissa says that Colt's being mean. And yeah, she tells Colt. Being mean. That, then she tells him, you know, you should have had my back. And he tells her that she's crazy. And, you know, in this in this ish scene, I mean, to be, to be fair, I think Larissa did obviously overreact and go nuts. But at the same she time. She was being baited to high hell. I know. But I think, and I think that Colt should have had her back. I agree. He probably should have said to his cousin, hey, you know what? This is the person I'm going to marry. I like, think Colt's gaslighting off. her because he actually knows that he should have. Backed yeah. her up. Well, and I think Colt's being manipulated by the cousin because I'm I sorry. I don't think that guy has the ability to manipulate anyone uh, other than a hot dog. The only reason, the only reason that that guy's on his show is to promote his business. His HVAC business. Because Friendlies. He, yes. I and think. And Colt allows him to do it. Yeah. I, Colt's I think giving Colt, him the vehicle to, to promote himself. I think Colt's and that too guy naive. And give a shit about Colt. In that sense, you're right. He is kind of he manipulating doesn't care Colt. About I don't Colt. think Colt gets it that that's what's going on. Does he on. really care about Colt and Larissa? No, he doesn't care. He doesn't care no. about Colt. He might be jealous of Colt because Larissa's hot. I think that's probably but true. I and his he, wife is beautiful. Right, but he can't understand why somebody like Larissa would be interested in Colt. I mean, nobody can. Right. But he's like irritated by it. And he's then, jealous. But then he comes with this like his shirt always to like promote his business. And then he starts <laughs> shit, you know, because that makes good TV. And it makes Colt, perfect but sense. But Colt's allowing it. You know, it's like, just... I actually felt that Colt was a little bit misogynistic in this scene. You know, he goes right for, like, the trite, oh, crazy woman mm-hmm. thing. And it's like, screw you. This guy was 100% baiting her. Did she react in a way that was appropriate? No. no. But did she react in a way that was irrational in, a, in the sense that she's crazy? No. no. She was being treated really poorly. Yeah. And she overreacted. But some reaction in was In her own warranted. home. I mean, because yeah. that's where she's going to be living with him. I mean, And she already feels kind of like unsafe and unwelcome there. Unsafe emotionally, I mean. Mm. You know, she's sort of ganged up on by Colt and his mom, plus the cats. Oh, God, those cats. So, anyway, not cool, Colt. <laughs> I, I, was, I was disappointed in him. And I thought that she was completely forced into, you know, basically... Falling on her sword. Um, okay, so now we get to the couple we hate Ugh. to cover because they're so sad. Das Danya, Olga and Steven. I'm over you. I know. Steven and Olga. Um, Again, very coercive. He's trying to take the baby. Yeah, and he tells and her, her basically that he's going to take Richie and without her and she can't stop him. I felt this was so emotionally abusive. He oh, said that awful. she, quote, wouldn't have a say. He's speaking with sort of an inappropriate, unwarranted authority. He's speaking in absolutes. There has to be a way in which if you're physically in the country of Russia, I can't imagine that Russia would just let you take a child born in Russia to a Russian woman out of the country. Yet yeah, forcibly? I, I absolutely can't imagine that that's the case. I don't think that would even happen here. Yeah, it just seems so strange to me that he feels like because I got my son citizenship, he'd only he'd only have dual citizenship. Exactly. It wouldn't like he'd have sole U.S. citizenship. He'd have dual citizenship, and then to be like, it's just I, the whole thing. Just he certainly wouldn't be able to do it without a court order. 
Right? I would think. and but I think How does that, he get to decide? But this is what's emotionally abusive about this, is that he is speaking to her as if he had that authority. Right. And Olga doesn't know. And she doesn't know. And, and so she, gets, she stays like, okay. so calm. She stays calm. And then she, I think she's just terrified. I think she's terrified. Um, I hated this scene. Yeah, I was, it was so awful. upset by this scene. Um, okay. So now we get to Kalani and Azuelu. And if only condoms weren't just for slut people. Oh my God, Kalani is pregnant. That was Craig. What the? Fuck? This is why I love Ninety Day Fiance because I think in other shows, like the big reveals are right. never actually that big. Oh Here, God. I was like blown away. I'm like, how stupid. And get this, get this, get this. She says she wasn't using hormonal birth control because she's breastfeeding. I am a currently breastfeeding mother oh, yeah, with a sure. hormonal IUD. So overshare, but I am. Yeah. I believe in IUDs. I've always had IUDs because you just said it and forget it. So what she said here is just patently inaccurate. Of course it if, is. If, if what she's saying is that if you're breastfeeding, you can't use hormonal birth control. I call bullshit on that. But even if you can't, even if she didn't want to use hormonal birth control, I mean, you could use the sponge. You could use, there's so many There's things. so many options. And I feel like women. But I just don't like that she said this because it's going to disseminate false information. Well, that's true. That's true that's also. That's not cool. And then you end up with other people pregnant accidentally. But the like, thing, it's irresponsible. She just acts like she had no control over the situation. Yeah, because condoms are for slut people, so he refused to use it. As if she's the but first woman dealing knows, with a guy who didn't want to wear a condom. If she knows that he's not going to use a, a condom, which she does. Then she. It's she, common knowledge. Then either don't have sex. Yeah. Or do what you got to do to make sure you don't get pregnant. Yeah, I don't like, like that you acted like this control. was so shocking, especially given the fact that it literally already happened. I know. And that she's like, I had no control. He did this to me. I didn't like it. I no. thought it was a total cop out. So then they meet with the mom and the mom's like, you crazy. The mom reacts well. She does. Well, what's she supposed to do? This is I don't something know. that's happened. Like, I mean, they seem to be, okay, so I question their Mormonness exactly. because. Yeah. There's What's a lot of alcohol there? yeah. and there's all this stuff. So I, the I question their Mormonists, but it seems to me like they wouldn't be a big proponents of abortion. It wouldn't even be like an option. I think in, as a as a general rule, Mormons are against abortion. Right. Yeah. And I think that the, that's part of their culture too. And so I feel like the mom, what's her reaction going to be? It's not like we have to make a decision about this. It's like, okay, no, it I'm going to have another grandchild. She's probably a little disappointed, but she does the best she can. And she seems like that kind of person. And too. I'm sorry. I just had my second kid. It's like two for the price of one, whatever. Like you already yeah. have a kid with the guy and the way that they all react as if he did this on purpose to well, that remain. is so like irritating. Has a kid with him. Like I, who cares if there's I don't understand. One. I mean, it was really stupid. Yes. And I'm not saying having two kids is, not harder than having one kid. I'm no. just saying, like, it isn't the same to me as the difference between zero and one. No, it's like, not. Like, one to two is significantly less intense than zero to one. Yeah, I mean, it's intense in some ways and less intense in other ways. Mm-hmm. Like, there are times when somebody, like, my parents will take my littlest one, and then I, we only have Olivia. Yeah, and it's so peaceful. And it's like, oh my God, it's so, like this week when I was, when I knew I could drop June off at school. On Wednesday. And just have Olivia. Oh, I have his Olivia. It's so nice. It's going to be so chill. So, I mean, I get that piece of it. But it's not... You're right. It's like you know what to expect. When you have... When you're going from zero to one, you're like, oh my God, is this phase ever going to end? Are they ever going to do this? Are they ever going to do that? And you no longer have your freedom like you have when you have no kids, right? Like once you've lost that freedom... It's not like you get it back. It's all gravy. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, it's stupid. But I don't understand why the fuck they're blaming Azuelu. It's weird. He has less control over 
the ability to well, get her pregnant than she does. You pointed this out already. Kalani is blaming Asuelo. So it makes sense that her family's blaming Yeah, her. but it's so stupid. Like, and this is she the has the control. This is the thing with them. I, I think that her family is deeply, deeply insular and judgmental. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the problem here that she's mm-hmm. really having. And Kalani is doing a very poor job of navigating, bridging the gap between right. her family, who's very insular and judgmental and really doesn't want anyone else in the family, well, and you know, Asuelo, who's just like completely oblivious to well, all those dynamics that existed long before he came to the picture. I think when someone gets pregnant, it's both people's quote-unquote fault, right? Well, both it depends people. on the situation. But in this situation, well, yes. In this situ- but, in, but in any, like situation if they if somebody gets pregnant both people did something to in make any that totally happen. voluntary sexual encounter right. if you have a cons- in a consensual sexual relationship but sure one person always even in a consensual relationship one person has the power to prevent the pregnancy one person does yeah, because if Azuela wanted to prevent it... Oh, like he, he could, could have worn a condom, condom and if she, if she wanted, wanted to prevent it, it, she could get an IUD or use a sponge or use... A diaphragm. A diaphragm. There's plenty of things she could have done. She could take the pill. I mean, yeah. I took the pill when I was breastfeeding. And again, I've already... Yeah, I know. You can that. do that. It's Silly. not going to do anything. Anyway, regardless, I just get angry that she's that they're blaming Azuela. I think it's stupid. Okay, then we go to another horrible person, Eric and Leda. Leda is horrible i think she makes clear in this scene that she really was kicking tasha out just so alessandro could have her room oh yeah and i don't think that she really ever copped to that before now and she's and eric is like tasha put me in a position where i had to choose between tasha or leda and he fully he fully chose leda yeah but she tasha did not put him in that position leda put him in that position yes Leda put him, 100% it was Leda. It was not, Tasha never put him in that position. Okay, let me play devil's advocate here. Okay. I think that the reason Eric is telling himself, at least, that Tasha put him in that position is because he had informed Tasha well before Leda came to the country that Tasha was going to have to move out when Leda came. And Tasha dragged her feet and dragged her feet and dragged her feet and ended up forcing a situation where her exit was much less graceful and much more abrupt than it really should have been given the months and months of notice that she had. Now, okay, I will, I will like, what cop to that and hear that. But at the same time, we know that Eric is not the most um, assertive, I would say, person. I agree with that. I mean, he's definitely got that military vibe to him. Yeah. But he's also not very assertive. So you don't know if he's... Like, Hey, look, because also he also said that last month was the first month she didn't pay rent. And he said he did that so she could save money. He surely didn't believe that one month of saving of not paying rent was going to be enough for her to move out. So it it seemed like it was recent that he just started saying, hey, you don't have to pay rent, whatever. I mean, maybe not. But I just think that like I still think that it was later because even if you are moving in and it's going to take a little bit longer for the person to move out, like like, she didn't say I'm not ever moving out. She just said right now I can't just get up and leave. And what really sparked it was like, no, you have to leave because my son needs a place to sleep and you're messy. But honestly, in addition, I think that the Alessandro thing is to some extent fair enough because the living situation that they had going with Alessandro sleeping on the mattress part of their bed, their single bed, and them two sleeping on, like, the frame with, you know, 
the yeah. box. I mean, that was completely unacceptable. And Eric created that situation. Yeah, Eric did create. I mean, to so be fair, Eric like totally at fault. She she acted very very poorly. Yeah, she did. Her manner of speaking and being were were heinous. But her actual point, I think, was valid. her point is valid. But you know, she's like, I'm not the problem. She's the problem, not me. Leda's stupid because she is the problem. Because she's very immature. I agree that Eric created this whole situation. Initially, like yeah. you can't bring this other person without her knowing exactly what to expect. Eric is the locus, he, I think. He is. Of he fault. should have told Leda, look, when you guys get here, you know, Alessandra's gonna have to sleep on the floor. I only have a twin bed. Like, he should have given her all of the information. Yes. And he didn't. So no. he failed in that respect. And he so he shouldn't even just have given her the information. He should have actually had a reasonable living space prepared. Prepared or at least shown her a video of like this is where what's going to happen let her decide. But the but the reality is also if you're like she's such a selfish person and such a horrible person that like you're still going to be you're going to be a stepmom. Like I can't even imagine if I moved in with my husband and his son was there, which actually happens, but we moved into a place, new place together. Mm-hmm. But if I had moved into his old place, like when he was living above the mall <laughs> in Emeryville, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if I had moved into his place and I was bringing a child of my own and there wouldn't have been an extra spot for that child, I would have been annoyed, but I certainly wouldn't have kicked the boy out. God no. You know what I mean? No, like I just crazy. feel like that's was just so You're right. That's where that's where she's at fault and I, I'm missing that. I don't understand bit. what he loves about her. I wrote that down in the next episode's notes. Like I reach I've reached a point where I, I literally I don't know what he sees I in her at all. I cannot see any redeeming quality unless no. he's like holding on to this hope that she's gonna be some really wealthy doctor. No, no, or I don't something. think it's that at all. I think it's that she's just younger and reasonably good looking. And he's yeah. just so blown away. I think men fall victim to this very easily. And it happens in 90 Day Fiance all the time. Yeah. Where the men, literally, their only interest in the woman is physical. I guess so. I just think it's so... And they let their... They blow up their whole lives for it. It's You know, just thinking so... with a little head. I mean... I know, but it's just so... I just... I wars cannot... have been fought over this. I have not found a redeeming quality about her. I haven't either, unfortunately. Oh, and also... I didn't like, she said that she, quote, gave up her medical career to be with him, no, which is patently false because the whole point of her coming here is <laughs> to have a medical career. So yeah. I, she's barking up the wrong tree on that one. She's an idiot. All right. John and Fernanda. So John goes out to meet with a friend after work, his friend Stephen, who we met. In, bro time. Yeah. It's a mandate. It's a, it's a bro. It's a bro Stephen is like the whitest guy you know. Oh, God, for sure. We went to his house. He's the one who's married to the whitest girl. He's the whitest man in the world. <laughs> um, and Stephen, you know, tells him, I think that Fernanda's too young. Thank you for pointing out the obvious. Um, and during... Fernanda is more mature than I am. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. I'm a have... 31-year-old mother of two, and she's more mature than you I You should, am. I mean, there is a point in, I think it's the very, the, the season finale, where I'm like, She's, they're going to last forever. Fernanda for president. She's going to seriously make that relationship last forever. I agree. She's amazing. Anyway. Like goddess. So, but in this scene, so she's blowing up his phone, right? Because he said he was going to come home. And my immediate thought is he's totally in the wrong. I had no doubt in my mind that <laughs> Fernanda had every reason to be doing that. I did not suspect her for a second of wrongdoing. So she's ignoring her. She's blowing up his phone. He finally leaves and he's mad that Fernanda wouldn't let him go have a drink with his buddy. Which, by the way, is not accurate at all. No. But, you know, I mean, we'll get to more on the details later. But 
Um, so that is what happens, and that's going to lead to a big blowout. Yeah. So now we go back to Colt and Larissa. And the most awkward double date in the history of mankind. Ever. So we find out Colt has a friend. One friend. And his name is Andrew. Who's a sweet man with a sweet wife with very unfortunate braces. Yeah. Poor thing. God, can you imagine adult braces? No. That's no. rough. I, there was like a Sex in the City episode about yeah, that, remember? When, when yeah. Sin, uh, Miranda. Miranda had She had TMJ. Oh, God. Yeah. So Andrew and Angela. Um, Who, by the way, seemed like to me a perfect mixture physically of Colt. <laughs> so I felt that they were like his long lost mom and dad, essentially. I mean, maybe. He look, Colt looks like a mix of those two people. If yeah. you look at them again. I will. I'll have to go back and look yeah. at it again. So Angela says, we've seen him in different relationships. I call bullshit on that. Same. I think the only other relationships he's ever had are with Debbie and those goddamn cats. The cats, yeah. <laughs> Larissa's annoyed. She because... says, you want sex 24 hours. That no is... compliments. That's gross. I, I can't like, even... Ugh. Don't even go there, Larissa. Ugh. The visual on that is just wrong. It, and they're doing the hostage situation again. Yeah, I know. Stop. <laughs> Leave these people alone. Have Look. your fights at home with the cats. Oh, my God. And she's no, she's so annoyed because he didn't compliment compliment her. I can't believe she talks about, you want sex? I'm 24 so Ew. No. No, thank you. I'm good on that. Um. Okay. So... He appeases her. I think that... Okay, one thing I just do have to point out between the two couples. Um, Angela has a rainbow purse, and Larissa oh. looks like a real housewife. <laughs> Angela has a rainbow purse. Like, she's an adult. Like, literally a purse with a rainbow on it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't notice. I, I thought you were like, I thought that was like No, like she like, has a rainbow purse. She's like so child. Aww. And Larissa looks like a real housewife. Like she's all she like all glam. I liked how Angela said essentially that this was a song of ice and fire. You know, like <laughs> cold as ice. And Larissa, she didn't say that, but no, like it came but... to my mind. She said something like that. I was like, totally. Oh my god. Um, Angela. So cold and Larissa get into like an awkward fight in the front of them. The same waitress, that Oh my girl. God, that poor waitress Leave is like... Leave her alone. I don't, and I don't... Was she even wearing her glasses Hell this time? Hell no, I think she was hoping that he wouldn't say it again. Yeah, you know, she's, she's like, like at I, least I can prevent that from happening. Um, and then he calls her batshit crazy. That was not polite. And then he compliments her so they can go in and eat. <laughs> and then Andrew comes in with the voice of reason comments. He's like, he says to her straight up, you're insecure. And I think that it was interesting because Andrew is such like a straight shooter. Like he's mm-hmm. so obviously a reasonable person that Larissa was kind of disarmed by him yeah. because she agrees. She is insecure. I mean, yeah. He, and it and ends up right. being like the 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 resolution of this, this argument essentially. And it fixed yeah. the whole thing that this guy just like called it like he saw it. And she accepted it, which I think speaks well of her. Yeah. Because it shows that it wasn't just the cousin criticizing her that set her off. No. It was the way he did it, which was so rude and offensive. It's what my mom always says. It's not what you say. It's, it's how, how you say, say it. it. Yeah. So there you go. All right. So now we go back to Eric and Leda. Yeah. And Eric is getting a haircut with oh, his dad. Oh, this is too funny, by the way. I write like little titles for each segment. So I'll say like Eric and Leda or Fernanda and John. Yeah, yeah. Here I wrote... Tasha and Leda accidentally. So it's like a little Freudian slip. Oh, totally. Go on. I'm sorry for interrupting you. No, it's okay. Um, So Eric says straight up, I have to put Leda first or she'll go back to Indonesia. You mean when he's hanging out with his dad at the Baraboo Social Club slash Confederate Barbershop? Yes. (laughs) 
Just kidding, guys. I, I don't know anything about this, but it just looked a little bit old-timey to me. Yeah. And then I'm just, I just have to say, anyone who threatens to leave you if you make your kids a priority should just leave. Let them leave. Yeah. If anybody says to you, if you're going to make your children your priority, then... I'm going to leave the country or I'm going to leave you. Let them leave. And that's what the dad is saying. Eric's dad is like, look, dude, look, look what's going on here. Yeah. And, you know, and Eric points out that <clears throat> Tasha's an adult. And I get it. Like, Tasha is technically an adult. She's 19. But she's 19 adult. She's not 40 adult. It's not like, you know, she moved in with her dad when she was like 35. She's a kid. She's Let's still a kid. It what it is. I mean, she's 19. She's barely an adult. So, like, come on. And the dad says, you know, you can't kick your daughter to the curb. You need to yeah, stand behind really your family. Um, and and Eric tries to say, well, you know, sometimes the right choice doesn't feel good. But it wasn't the right choice. Right. The way he did what he did was not the right choice. And picking Leda over your children, you should never pick anybody over anybody else. You should just, you know, work try to come up with a reasonable solution. I think the saddest thing here is that Eric knows that he's done wrong. So he's trying to justify it. He's trying yeah. to say, he's trying to... Get, and he's crying. Like, he, he literally... He knows he fucked yeah, up. Yeah, he can't actually go through with this in a way that is going to bring him any sense of peace or no, finality. because nothing will work. The only thing that will make his family happy is if he apologizes and admits that he was wrong. Yeah. And the only thing that's going to make Leda happy is if he admits that she was right and that he made the right decision. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So now we have Jane Ashley. And by the way, let oh. me back up about yeah, yeah, the Barefoot Social Club. I saw, I made a joke that it was a Confederate barbershop because I saw on the wall mm-hmm. this like, and maybe it was a normal American flag, but to me it looked like like the old school American flag that the Confederacy used to use. Am I wrong? Did you I, see that? You know that? what? I, I, you don't have to explain to me. I'm totally, I support 100% that it's a Confederate barbershop. <laughs> if anyone actually knows, I'd really, I'd love to know if I'm, if anyone else caught this like weird American flag on the wall, or if it's a normal American flag and I am actually just unaware of what a real American <laughs> flag is like, which I'm totally open to the possibility. Of. I don't know. It's Baraboo. Anything's possible. Okay. So Jay and Ashley go swimming in Vegas. And yeah, uh, they should invite Colt and Larissa to their wedding. No They're kidding. right around the corner. I know. Well, Jay, Jay makes the, the biggest understatement and says the Vegas is way sexier than Mechanicsburg. Bill? Berg. It's Berg. Now, I don't know. You've confused me. I think it's Berg. I'm pretty sure it's Berg. I will say this. I, and I'm not trying to criticize her in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. I just think it's kind of sad that her kids are just like completely MIA from well, everything. Well, but that could be... I'm sure it's because her ex-husband or whoever ex-boyfriend doesn't want um, them on Her show, two but... ex-boyfriends. Are they... Does she have one from... T- each guy, yeah. So I, I'm guessing, and of course I don't know that there's been that some kind of agreement. Off. Yeah, that they not be. But I just I think about myself as a mom, and I'm with my kids all the time. I can't imagine getting married and not having my kids there. And again, I'm not criticizing her. No, I'm not I saying know. she could have done it any differently. I just personally think it's sad. I mean, my daughter was 18 months when her dad and I got married. That's right, and I, I assume she was there. Well, she was or around. She was not at the ceremony. Sure, sure. She, we had a nanny. She came during the cocktail hour between 
the ceremony and the reception. Or you took pictures with her. No, or oh, we did. Ta- we took Whatever. pictures with She's her. She's involved. She was to an extent, but then, like after the cocktail hour, she went home because her bedtime was six thirty, and that's when the reception started. She's a baby, yeah, no, <laughs> and she was still a baby. But like they've but gone Aiden away was, to Vegas. My stepson was a hundred percent a part of the wedding. Of course, no, I'm saying they've gone away. On no, a I trip know, I know. For the oh, wedding, for sure. and the kids are just not there. It's weird. It's a bummer. Nobody's there, though. I mean, to be fair. Yeah, nobody's um, there. So they're talking about sex. Holy shit. She says three times a day. Ooh, that, like you said, that's like a UTI waiting to happen. Oh my God. It was like, I was in pain thinking about that. Um, and then she says, I prefer a man, not a child. Well, then maybe you should have married one. I liked it when she said, I don't think it's healthy to go to pound town three times a day. <laughs> I just really wish she hadn't said it. So I went ahead and repeated it on air. <laughs> That's how I roll. <laughs> that was funny. But it's true. I don't think that going to pound town three times a day is healthy. He also said, quote, I'm black. I have to keep my blood pumping. I know. Okay. <laughs> that's weird. I think that's weird. But I think it was really funny that she's like, I prefer a man, not a child. Then why did you marry somebody who's 20? Well, and she's so clearly, at least up until now, been feet been buying into the hypersexualized nature of their relationship oh, to yeah. such an extent. Like she's so invested in that side of it herself. So it's hypocritical of her now on the eve of their wedding to start kind of, you know, start like claiming at least or implying that she's gonna sort of shut down sexually on some level yeah. after but, they but get not married. Even shut- to be fair, she's not shutting down. She's just saying that three times a day might be a little bit much. No, but I think that's what they've been doing thus far. No, I know. So she's saying we're not going to do continue yeah. to do three times a day, maybe two times a day. That's Who even has time for that? I try to meditate three times a oh day, and God, I rarely no. am able to do it. God, I that can't. Takes three, days, time. three times a week is even. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, let's not get started let's on that. Um, okay. So now we go to the sad story. Yeah. Um, Stephen and Olga. And... Olga's very worried, as she should be, that Stephen will take the baby without her because that is his plan. When when she wasn't allowed to go into the embassy with them, I got a very, like, not-without-my-daughter vibe. Do you remember that movie with would, Sally Field? Yes, and I was like, why isn't she standing what at the door? The why can't she go into the embassy? It's like, who cares? Are we, if, if, we're in, if we're in San Francisco, are we not allowed to bring someone who's here legally on a visitor's visa or something into the embassy? I have no idea. Like, what the hell? I, I just, I didn't know that was the case. Like, if you're in the country, if you're in the country legally where the embassy stands, you're not allowed to set foot into the building as opposed to being, like, in the line for the people who are from that country or whatever. You know what I mean? No, I mean, like, I go to the Portuguese embassy. Thank you. In San Francisco. I, don't, I wouldn't hesitate to, like, go into the Japanese embassy in no, San Francisco no, no. if no. I had business there. Like, of course, like, of what, course. What is this? I don't know. But this is Russia, and I don't know. What, but it's what, not Russia. It's the United States. In Russia. Right. Well, and it's also Stephen. I mean, she takes a <laughs> That's lot of exactly what he my says point. at face value. Like I said, not without my daughter. I was mm. like worried he was going to abscond with Richie. So this is where we get a little taste of Stephen maybe rethinking the decision <laughs> yeah. to take the baby with him by himself to America. Because, of course, the baby is crying hysterically by the time he wheels back into the park and he starts barking at her to feed him. Because he's been gone for three hours. And the newborn has not eaten. The newborn is like two weeks old. And so she immediately feeds him because, of course, poor baby's starving. Stephen got him the passport. 
And I just want to tell her to run. Run. Run with run, the baby. Don't walk. I have to tell you, I have this weird thing where if I get, re- and this is kind of like a, a very strange personal divulgence that I'm about to make. When I get really, really, really angry, I mean like as angry as I get like once a year, mm-hmm. my lip curls up. Like, mm. I snarl a little bit. It's very weird. Like, I just kind of get this, like, uh, you know, if I'm, like, absolutely infuriated. My lip curled when I was watching him talk about taking that baby. It was like I was her. Yeah. And I have just had a baby. Yeah. And I was just like, I will cut you yeah. if you try to take my kid away from oh me. Oh, my God. I really, was... like, empathized with her. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know? and she's so scared. She's just, like, you know, he, set, he tells her that the baby could stay in Russia. But that he really wants to take the baby to the United States. And his reasoning, by the way, that, that for why he should bring Richie isn't because it would be safer there or I can afford things more or there's some dire financial situation. No, it was that he wants to bring the baby with him because it was hard for him not to have a father. Um, okay, so it's not going to be a problem for this fucking baby not to, to have, have his mother? breastfeeding mother with him? I mean, it's ridiculous. It was, it, his it was logic deeply is irrational. so fucked up. And if he were to show up, Without her to his grandma and grandpa's house, they'd be like, What the fuck did you be do like, bring this baby idiot. in here? Take this thing back to Russia. Because then you're gonna have to buy a formula, which is expensive. So expensive. Just like the whole thing was he's just awful and selfish. You know, I think he is a I think he is completely oblivious to the reality of the situation. And she's not. So it's like this very like mismatched communication where on the one hand you have the mom who's completely rational and has an actual understanding of the ramifications of this and on the other side you have the dad who has no clue what he's actually but he talking should have about some clue because he's been there for two weeks like he's that's seen true. how little he does and he's seen what happens when the baby doesn't get its milk and i think that's this is the probably the first time he's really getting he's it. really getting it whoa because... if she's not around i'm screwed with this thing because i can't yeah. do anything for it exactly all right, so now we go back to these crazy people, Kalani and Iswailu. Yeah. And I don't even know what the fuck they're talking about. I'm sorry. But Kalani is talking about we have to agree on whether or not to have another kid and be more careful. Honey, that ship has sailed. Yeah. You're pregnant. Like, why are we even having this conversation? I thought it was strange how, like, suspicious she was of his excitement about the pregnancy when most people respond with excitement to a new pregnancy. I mean, not everybody. Well, no, but even if she wasn't happy about it, it's No, fun. but he can be. But he can be. And, like, the fact that she thinks that, like, it's, he, a, it's an ulterior you motive. You got me pregnant. No, honey. It, you can't unilaterally get somebody. Pre- I mean,. I guess technically you could. But if he you were, didn't. But they weren't. He didn't. A cons- yeah. She didn't force her to have sex with them. I mean, she willingly. And as we've heard previously in a really gross episode. Oh, yeah. He explains that she wants to have sex all the time. So the thing is, like, if she's re- if she was really, really worried about it, then she would have abstained or gone on the pill or got an IUD or something. Mm-hmm. And he already said he wasn't going to wear condoms. He hasn't been, like, secretive about it. It's not like he wore a condom and, and like, let's be honest, ripped it off. Asuelo is not, like, you know, the most assertive person in the world. I'm sure that if she had really wanted him to wear a condom... He would have. He would have. I yeah. mean, he, you know, he has to. It's, it's consensual sex. Like, right. She it, could have been like, I'm not going to have I'm sex I'm not having you sex without a condom. Unless you have yeah. a condom. I mean, done. Ugh, you got me pregnant. And what I have to say, I, so think, I think that this... This um, situation and the way it's playing out 
really sheds a lot of light on the way her family has been reacting to him in general. Yeah. They have this deep suspicion of him. She's that is, this victim. Yeah, and that she's totally like in, in on it with them. You know, And it's so weird because it's like, he's 23. She's 30. Yeah. Okay? <clears throat> and, and she's just more sophisticated, I think. She's more sophisticated, but okay, sexually, she was a virgin. I get that. That's fine. Yeah. So And I we don't know whether he was. Because she was a virgin, they assume, or they've painted her to be this like, Virgin Mary, who was like taken, taken advantage, advantage of, of by this like islander. It's deeply paternalistic. It is, and I think it's because the dad obviously looks like he's one of those guys that had more swag and was more assertive. Yeah. And so he's looking at this guy as Waylu, and he's thinking, "Oh, I remember how I was when I was your age." Mm-hmm. But they're so different; they're yeah, not the same personality or anything. No, and so I, he's project. The dad is projecting. Yep. But they're all treating. Kevani, like this fragile um, virgin victim. queen, yeah, and like how oh this guy he got her pregnant, like nobody can nobody it just doesn't work. This that isn't way. a lifetime movie. No, and you're thirty years old. Are you telling me you don't know how to not have a baby? She knocked boots on vacation. That's on her. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. I don't know. I get I get really annoyed with this whole like he's the villain. And he did so, and and this whole such stupid a conversation about we have to agree on whether or not we're going to have more kids. Okay, fine then, but have that conversation before you're pregnant. Yeah, that conversation's stupid. gone now. Anyway, okay, so now we go to Eric and Leda, and Tanya reaches out to Leda. Tanya is Eric's ex-wife, if you remember, and she reaches out to Leda to talk, which I totally respect. You know, she's upset because her daughter's upset, which has made. All of the daughters upset. But Tanya communicates beautifully. She is. She's a really smart cookie. And Eric's she disarms she disarms Leda. I mean, Leda still doesn't care about her kids and she can't really make yeah. that happen. But she can at least she was at least able to get Leda to listen to her yeah. and engage with her in a real way. And I was like beyond impressed by that. Well, she starts to talk and then Leda immediately interrupts her and says that the that the that she only has a problem with Tasha. Yeah, she's totally defensive. And, and she that take any it's ownership. because she's a mess. Yeah. She doesn't pay rent, which is bullshit because Eric told her to save money. Mm-hmm. And she's trying to break up her and Eric, which is not true. That was never her intention. She doesn't like Leda and thinks Leda should go back to Indonesia. But she in no way was orchestrating some, you know, plan to, like, break them up. No. And Leda says, everyone knows I'm right. No, only you, Leda. And then Leda... You know, one thing is that Leda says, you know, I came a long way to be here and I'm done accepting things. And this is the root of the problem, I think, is that Eric didn't manage her expectations. No. You know, so she has had to accept a lot. And her, in her defense, you know, she's had to accept the shitty apartment. She had to accept the fact that he's still living with his daughter and there's no space for her son. I agree. And this blow up couch and also so she does feel like she's making a thousand concessions. And she's made yes. all of these concessions and the last compromise is now he wants her to accept her his messy daughter, right? And she's just like I've reached my limit of of making concessions. I don't want to accept anything else. So she sounds like a selfish horrible bitch saying that and I'm not saying she's not. I'm just saying that like in her mind, from her perspective, she's had to just keep 
you know, lowering her expectations and standards the whole time. And this is just like the cherry on top. She certainly hasn't had any good surprises. No. So this is like the cherry on top, right? Oh, and now he's got this mess. Like, not only do I have to live with his daughter, but she's like a total mess. The way I think of it is this. I agree with you 100%. And I'll just add this comment. I think that she is a spoiled person, Mm -hmm. a spoiled child. And I think that the difference between someone who's spoiled and someone who's not is not whether bad stuff happens to them because bad stuff and disappointments happen to all of us. But spoiled people, entitled people react very poorly and disproportionately poorly Mm -hmm. when bad things happen. And so that's what's really happening here. She's a spoiled person who for the first time in her life is being asked to deal with disappointment. Mm -hmm. And she just doesn't know how to do it. No, she doesn't. And she's and she's frustrated. I get it. I, I think she's completely without the tools no, she emotionally she to deal with this situation. Because it is a tough situation. And that's your point. But the bottom line is it's not Tasha's fault. No, it's not Tasha's she's, fault. She's mad at the wrong person. And Tasha's a child. Yeah, she's mad at the wrong person because she can't really be mad at Eric because now she's she wants that's to be in America. End. Yeah, that's she's a gotta end. she's gotta suck it up. And so right. the only person she can be mad at is Tasha. Right. But this is, again, where I'm like, she's just, there's nothing good about her. Like, she doesn't care about the kids. She only cares about her kid and Eric. And, like, her delivery is so awful. Like, I don't, I still have yet to see a redeeming quality. Yeah, she's got to be, like, one of the most hated people in all of 90 Day Although I have to say, she's got beautiful skin. And hair. I mean, it's just gorgeous. Anyway. (laughs) I agree. Okay. Like Kalani. Somebody else has beautiful hair. Uh, John and Fernanda. Fernanda's just Drop dead yeah, gorgeous. She's, she's pissed that John went out with his buddy she's and didn't respond to her texts. Okay, so this is where I listen to their argument, and I actually think they're both right. And I think yeah, that I agree. I, I I totally get both sides. Mm-hmm. He works long hours. He doesn't get to see his friends because he's working. He's not like out partying. And I think he's been spending his free time with her. He has been spending. So work doesn't count as his time. You know, it's like, I got to work. And on her end, like she's stuck at home for those 14 hours that he's, that he's working. And she can't work. She's just waiting for him, Mm -hmm. her only friend and family to come home. So, but you know, their situation is a little bit extreme because, you know, she's in a different country and all of that. And he's like her only source of support and all that. But it's a very common theme in a lot of marriages. It's like big, kind of the housewife theme. It is totally where the, the housewife, housewife theme. is home. I mean, I see that in divorces all the time where, you know, I see it more where like, you know, people come in and that her main complaint, and I hate to say that it's always the woman but it's more often than not it's the woman who stayed home yeah, sure, and course. raised the kids and she's like i was statistically home. yeah of yeah course. i was home raising the kids and i was home all day with them <coughs> and then he comes home late and his perspective is i am working late because you want the nice car and you want this and you want that and you're not working so i have to support all of that you know and so but they, but they don't take the time to really appreciate both pers- each other's what the other person, yes, and what the other person is bringing. And it's so, so easy to get caught up in your own. It totally head. is. I mean, like I, I do work, but like very, uh, my hours are so much more flexible now that you know my husband has this other job, this new job, mm-hmm. and so I don't have to work as much as I did, and so um, 
I take on more of the kid responsibility. And it's really easy for me to get really frustrated with him that I take on all this load and I'm doing all Same. this stuff. But I have to keep remembering, yeah, but I'm able, I'm lucky to be able to do this. Mm-hmm. And he is working his butt off so that he can do this. But it's hard to do that because I feel jealous that he gets to go to this well, it doesn't help that he sends me pictures of his lunch and yeah. But he's—I think he's also. I shouldn't speak for your husband. I can speak for mine. Mm-hmm. My husband is jealous of me because I get to stay home and not get up at five thirty in the morning and mm-hmm. sit on a bus for an hour and a half, and you know go to this like stressful office situation and then sit on the bus for another hour and a half and then sit in traffic in the car to come home. And I'm jealous of him because mm-hmm. when he is on that bus for an hour and a half, he is sitting there watching a movie and versus mm-hmm. I'm like as the second I get up significantly later than he does but I'm like go 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 the right. whole day with the kids and you know it, it end up it ends up sometimes feeling to me like he has more actual downtime oh yeah in a day but he also has so much less flexibility and so many more demand actual demands on his mm-hmm. time versus I can decide oh do I feel like folding this laundry right now by the way everyone I'm a stay-at-home mom I said that before do I feel like handling this particular chore? Do I need to take a break? You know, I can make those decisions and I'm like, you know, the captain of my own ship in a way that he as an employee of a company is not. So I think that as long as each person is taking into consideration the other person. Contribution. Yeah. It, it's, it's easier to not just get caught up in and you jealousy. Do, you do way more because like I don't think Chris is jealous of me. Because my husband's definitely jealous of me. I know he's not jealous of me because he would much rather be at work than stay home with the kids. Okay. Um, but, I, and on the weekends, I let him sleep in and I get up with the kids. And my yeah, kids get up here. at 6 a.m. So I am up. And then like at 8.30, I'm like, okay, now you got to get up and go get me coffee because I've been, <laughs> I've, on. I've been yeah. on for two hours. Yeah. But I let him sleep in and that's why I, I don't really feel bad that he actually does all the laundry and he folds it and you puts it away. You also work though. I know. You don't work a, like as much as he does, but you work no. and I don't. And the only person who cooks in our house is him. Yeah. So, and I look kind of, and he cleans the kitchen after he cooks. So I have to get, I know he does a lot for us and I'm, and you know, but I have to keep reminding myself of that. You do. When I have like a hundred percent of the mental load and I'm like, oh, I have to coordinate swim practice and I have to coordinate play dates and I have to coordinate, you know, Girl Scout meetings on Sunday and uh, just like all sorts of stuff that he doesn't even have to think about. Right. So it's, it's hard, but I think that's exactly what they are dealing with because they're both right. And they're each kind of, because they haven't been together very long and they certainly haven't been living in the same place mm-hmm. very long, they haven't gotten in a habit that you and I have gotten into of mm-hmm. automatically like knee jerk considering the other person's perspective. Like once you right. calm down, which right. sometimes, you know, we all get annoyed, but. Yeah. And they're at this place. They're not there yet. They're not at the no. place where they can appreciate what the other person has is doing Precisely. or sacrificing. Precisely. So she gets really mad and he points out, like he lists all the things. They're, they're really self-centered in this, in this fight still. The issue, by the way, is that he went out with his bro and he stayed out 45 minutes longer than he said he was going to. And, and he wouldn't he pick up the res- calls. Yeah. He wouldn't pick up the calls. Yeah. And didn't come, and is and now he's not acknowledging how her perspective, yes. and she's not acknowledging his either. So yeah. they're both in the selfish phase where he's listing all the things 
money, the things yeah. that he's done for her, right? He got her boobs and he paid for college. Oh, yeah, because the boobs school. are totally for her benefit. Yeah, and the, he paid for an apartment and he he's paying, she's not working, so he's paying for her to live here and all this stuff, right? So he's talking about all the money he's put in and all the stuff he's done, which is very common, right? right? And then she's talking about all of the other things, the things that she's done, which to her are more valuable. Are huge, yeah. You know, the time, leaving her family and friends. You know, this is what she's done for him. And so they both, right, they just both think that they've done more and they both aren't being heard. Um, so I, so um, anyway, that's kind of where they left it. But I have, do you have anything more to add about them? No. So I have one quick aside. So I... Stay, I watched a little bit of the after show. I really hate the after show. I didn't even know there was an after show. There is, and it's um, it's called Live or whatever. Okay. And it's I uh, usually think those are stupid. Michelle Collins is the um, who's that? The hostess. She's like a comedian. She was on The View. She's kind of annoying. Okay. And I saw a little bit of it, and Molly was on. Oh. From before the ninety days. Oh, what's going on with her? She's beautiful. They've gotten divorced. Yeah. Um, but she was wearing this dress. I mean, she looked gorgeous. But it had like half of her bra showing, like the yeah. Middle but that part makes sense because she's a bra. I know, but person. is this like a thing now? Because then they no. had Brandy and Destiny, who are Ashley's friends, the yes. bridesmaids, and the kooky one. I think her name's Brandy. Um, she had a dress on that was like mesh, and her whole bra was showing. I mean, is that a thing now? Is this a style? Mm, yes. It was like it was sort of like like a see through. It was just a see through patch in the middle. Oh. That showed like the bra, and then it was like, like it oh, covered yeah. the nipples and everything. Yeah, but it was yeah, just, like, that's the a see-through pat. That's a thing. I'm like, yeah. oh my god, all these women showing their bras. But anyway, I know they had um, uh, Jesse on was going to be on later, Oof. and somebody else I can't remember who it was, but it just I couldn't watch the whole thing, and I felt like oh, I should be watching this to see if there are any tidbits, but I just really couldn't. It was she's not funny, and she bothers me. And but did I, Molly say anything interesting? No, I don't think so. She was just talking about how, like, she's moved on and she's still dating, kind of. And, oh, she said that her best friend who does her her company with her mm-hmm. gave her, a like, a big diamond ring. Really? That she wears on her engagement finger. A right-hand ring? Or she actually wears it on she her? She wears it on the... And the friend gave it to her because she's like, you're my best friend. You know, I love you. You love me. They're not like dating or anything like that. Oh, okay, it's but like it's a like support a, thing. It's just like a you deserve the best mm-hmm. and you deserve to feel good and this is what you should have should have. That's really sweet. So she's been wearing it and Michelle Collins is like, "Do you think that that deters men because they think you're taken?" And she's like, "No, people are still talking to me." So, um, and she's like, "I'm not actively looking. I'm not ready. I'm just you know living yeah. my life." So she looked gorgeous though. She looked absolutely beautiful. Um, something's going on with Louise, but again, I didn't have the patience to listen yeah. more. So I think he's probably dating somebody new. Who knows? Um, well, and- I'll keep up on the blogosphere and see if I can get the info that way. Cause I agree. It's not worth like sitting through oh, that. Gosh, it was just too much. Um, but thank you for that deep dive. Yeah. So that was really interesting and she looked great. And, uh, I think that's it for episode 10. So stay tuned and, uh, we'll get to episode 11. All right, guys. Bye. Bye. Legal disclaimer, this is a personal podcast just for fun, solely meant for entertainment purposes. We are lawyers, but we're not giving any legal advice on the podcast. We're not creating any kind of attorney-client relationship in the podcast. 
And also keep in mind that anything we say, anything at all, it's just our personal opinions. We have no intention of maligning any individual, group, company, religious or ethnic group, nationality, or anything or anyone else. Lisa and Katie have no affiliation with TLC. These are not the opinions of TLC. And finally, anything that we say is not meant to represent anyone other than Lisa Freitas and Katie Saad individually. Finally, please give a, leave us a comment on our Facebook page and give us a five-star rating on whatever podcast service you're using to help us continue to record. Thank you.